I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be here sharing with you lessons I've learned, conversations I've had that will equip you to create new habits, challenge mindsets, and build relationships that will allow your family to thrive. Technology has become an inseparable part of our lives. We're constantly connected, always just a few taps away from a world of information and endless distractions. But what does this constant immersion in the digital realm mean for our well-being and our relationships? That's a question that we answer today with our guest, Joey Odom. He's the co-founder of Aro, a disruptive tech company that uses technology to help us put down our phones and be fully present in the moment with the people who matter the most. In our conversation today, we discuss the negative impact of excessive phone usage in our relationships. Now, I promise you, it's not all doom and gloom today. We also discuss the science behind habit formation and motivational design and how we can apply it to technology and how families can begin to balance the need for screens with healthy and engaged family life. Speaking of breaking habits and creating new ones, if you are a woman who wants to thrive in every aspect of your life, but is having a little trouble putting the rhythms, routines, and habits in place needed to do so, then I have some exciting news for you. I am starting a mastermind group for women who are looking for the tools and the support needed to get stuff done and build a culture of purpose and connection in their homes. Now, I am still working out a few of the details, but basically it's going to be a small group of like-minded women who come together each week to discuss goals, get support and advice for their challenges and stay accountable to grow in their family life. Our experience together will include group coaching calls and access to the Frazzled to Focus mini course, providing us with a framework for our conversations. Now, if this sounds like something that you might be interested in, here's what you can do. You can head over to www.buildyourfestfamily.com forward slash mom mastermind to fill out an interest form. Like I said, I'm still working out the details. So over the next few weeks, you can watch for more details in your inbox and come back here for upcoming episodes where I'll be able to tell you more. That's www.buildyourbestfamily.com forward slash mom mastermind. I'll include a link in the show notes. Welcome, Joey. It is incredible to have you on the podcast. Kimberly, thanks so much. So a question that we ask all of our guests is, what is your family known for? I, I would say that our family is is known for looking a little bit different. So uh, those of you who are listening can't see me, but I have, I have long hair down to my shoulders. I'm about six foot five, but my wife is, she claims five feet tall, Kimberly, but I don't know that she quite has hit the five foot tall mark. So there's literally about a foot and a half of, of height difference between us. And then my 15 year old son, Harrison, he has long hair as well. So he keeps the long hair. And, and so I think that's the, the main thing that stands out is that we, we look a little bit different and, you know, obviously we, we would like to think we, we try to act a little bit different, live a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, which is a lot of what we're, we're focused on here at RO is, is living a little bit differently. But I would say the first thing, if you were to see us, you would wonder, wow, how on earth is, how on earth did the two of them end up together? Cause we have <laughs> such a height differential. So are your kids tall? 
I mean, where are they where are they landing in the gene yeah, pool? Remains to be seen. Our, our daughter, I think she's going to cap out. She's 13. She's probably going to cap out around 5'3", is what it looks mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. Um, so mom looks up to her a little bit. So she's so my daughter's happy about that. And then my son, he's he's fifth, almost 15, and he's a little over 5'9". So I think he'll probably land somewhere kind of low low six foot. So, so yeah, so we're, okay. it, it's, it's, it's looking like they're, at least my son will be a little, on the, a little bit on the higher side. Yeah. I have a teenage boy and we are like literally placing bets about how much he's going to grow this summer because <laughs> he really wants to grow. Uh, and I think his goal is at least six feet because he's a soccer goalie. But oh, nice. And, and we're hopeful, you know, my brother, I think he I texted him the other day. He think he said he was six, two or six, three, and okay, then he has yeah. been six foot. So I'm like, there's a he good chance, that. buddy. You're right. I'll yeah. tell you, Kimberly. I am five, seven. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. He's got and six, my girls but... are five, seven. There so uh, yeah. yeah, we'll see. But that's the thing. <laughs> that's it. I know you never quite know. It's, it's, I always, I always just assume like with the boy and girl, I assume that our daughter would be like six feet tall and our son would be five feet tall just to mm-hmm. see like the, the, the reverse yeah. genders, but it looks like it's falling a little bit more into, into place. Yeah. That's fun. It's fun to imagine that we're still, I mean, they still develop pretty much into college. We have a college yeah. friend who went off his freshman year and he came back two inches taller and we're like, wow, you know, they're still growing and they're still maturing. So it's really, you know, I think an amazing journey to see the yeah. adults that our children are becoming. And it it is some, it's, it's so fun. It's so fascinating. I mean, my son, I mean, we we watch, you know, all the dumb movies that I watched growing up together. And it's so much fun. He's he's grown in. He's just my bro. He's he's yeah. you know, obviously I'm still the dad, but it's it's just fun to it's fun to see their personalities develop and uh, like you said, see how they're gonna be. I'd love it if if I had to look up up to my son at some point. Yeah, that's exciting. All right. So you're here today to talk to us about your technology product that you are sharing with many people. But I want to just, first of all, lay a foundation for technology sure. use. You know, there are some negative impacts of technology and excessive phone use, and it has an impact on our relationships. It has an impact yeah. on our family, how we relate to one another, and it has an impact on how we grow as people. So I wanted to just talk about those impacts to just kind of remind people. I mean, I think we all know by now that there's some amazing things about technology, but there are some drawbacks. So yeah. I just want to remind our listeners some of the things that we can be aware of. Well, I think the first, you know, we've, we've said if we started this business five, you know, certainly 10 years ago, maybe even five years ago, we would we would load you up with stats to make sure you understood all the negative impacts. But we're at a point right now where we all feel it. We we feel as as great as these things are, we feel the impact that it's having on us. And I would I would say that I would begin, you know, thinking about illustrating. So my daughter, as I mentioned, is 13 years old and it's, it's hard. I mean, you know, this, you have, you have, Mm -hmm. you have two girls. It's hard to be a teenage girl right now, 2023. Mm -hmm. It's difficult. And it's always been difficult to go through adolescence, you know, no, no matter who you are, but it's really difficult right now. And so let's say she came home from school one day and she just started talking about her day and started opening up, which doesn't always happen. You get one word answers a lot of times, but let's say she does. Kimberly, all it would take in that moment of her opening up and being vulnerable, all it would take for me is just a quick glance at my phone, half a second glance at my phone for that moment to be completely over, that that moment's gone. And so what that does in that moment, it kills connection. It kills vulnerability. It kills intimacy between my me and my daughter, but not just in that moment. It kills it in the future because her brain has all of a sudden processed through this thought of, 
I can't be vulnerable with dad because vulnerability is vulnerability. I mean, by definition, it's turning the, your underbelly to somebody and giving them the opportunity to stab you. Mm-hmm. And so when someone opens up, you're giving that. And then in that case, if I check that, if I take a glance at my phone, I have stabbed her in her underbelly when she's trying to be open to me. And so then the next time she thinks, no, I can't trust that. So it's killing trust. And this begins very, very young, very, very young. You know, kids are born, we all know this, kids are born with this need for connection, with this need for eye contact and touch. And so we're born with that. And then all of a sudden they have this natural need for connection. And we introduce something very, very unnatural between us and our kids, between us and our eye contact, between us and their attention when we introduce this phone. And we're the ones scrolling it. So we're sitting here scrolling most of the time. And we hear stories all the time, two-year-olds, three-year-olds, mommy, no phone, daddy, no phone. Hmm. I would, I, I would like to say, I think our kids, our toddlers are very mad. I think they're mad at this phone, but what happens is they begin to be, and, and the reason they're saying, put down your phone is because they, they one have a need for connection Two, they have an innate sense of value where they're not yet conditioned to believe that they're less important than our phones. But the more we scroll, the less they believe that. And then we do something that's absolutely crazy. And I'm not against phones, but when we give them a phone someday, mm-hmm. we then begin to criticize them. We have the audacity to criticize them for not looking at us when they've just learned that behavior by us modeling it for years. So it's it's absolutely as good as these things are, and they do add a bunch to our lives. And I'm never going back to a flip phone. I love my smartphone. We're teaching this next generation of kids we're deadening intimacy. We're deadening vulnerability yeah. by putting this unnatural thing in front of their natural need for connection. Yeah. I mean, you know, we waited a long time to give our kids phones. In fact, we waited until they were in seventh grade. And I would mm-hmm. say the average in our neighborhood is third grade. Sure. And we made them pay for it. And wow. we were like, you have to put down first and last month's like rent deposit and yep. you have to be able to pay the monthly bill. So you need to mm. be babysitting or doing whatever. And I think it was, it was a really good thing. I mean, I, I truly believe it's taught our kids responsibility, but you know, even those things that we believe that we've put in place, st- it still feels like we are fighting against this big machine that we yeah. just, you know, and, and and even I think back to my my son, he was like, mom, I'm not going to be one of those kids who's on my phone all the time. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it. I don't like it. I don't like that all my friends are on the phone all the time when I'm trying to talk to them. I don't like that that's all we do is get together and they sit around on their phones. And this is when he didn't have a phone yet. But now that he has a phone, he doesn't see that he so easily falls into that habit too. Yeah. And there are times when it feels like it's, it's overwhelming, you yes. know, and it feels like, how are we ever going to get back to this place where we are connecting in real life instead of constantly connecting on the phone. It, and it's, and it's all in, and it is all due to a relationship with your phone. That that's what it is. And you know, we always say when you change your relationship with your phone, you change your relationship with everyone around you, including mm-hmm. yourself, mm-hmm. but it's the relationship we have with our phone. And it's because it's so new. We're 15 years into, into iPhones. This is yeah. brand new technology and we don't know. And by the way, they're built a lot faster than our brains process. And so we're up against something hard. And the only way literally the only way to reduce any screen time. And this is, this is, you know, data from, there's a researcher by the name of Dr. Maxi Heitmeyer at the London School of Economics. He says the only way for us to reduce time on our phones is to have it physically distant from us and out of our visual field of sight, Mm -hmm. which in some ways is obvious. In other words, if, if you're not holding your phone, you can't use it. But the inverse of that is true. If I'm holding my phone 
as as disciplined as I am in this area, mm-hmm. if I have my phone, I am going to use it. I can't resist the buzz in my in my pocket. It is going to get in the way of, of relationships. And ninety one percent of us have our phones with us twenty four hours a day, and that's mm-hmm. the core problem. So we as a society need to get more comfortable and build a muscle memory around being away from our phones for a few minutes. And I'm not yeah. talking to, and I'm not talking you know, a, a weekend or a digital detox, those things may have a use use case, but I'm really talking, how about a family dinner? How about when my 13-year-old daughter, how about when Gianna does come up to me and wants to talk to me that I do this to her? I say, Gianna, I want to talk to you, but first, may I put my phone away? Because Kimberly, when you do that, you're communicating something to somebody. You're telling them they have value. Mm-hmm. And really what you're saying is on this phone, theoretically, 8 billion people on the planet can reach me. And you're more important than every single one of them. Wow. That's a powerful message. And if we can start sending that message to kids at a really, really young age, then what happens when they're confronted in middle school with, you know, body comparison on Instagram, that's still hard, but at least they have this foundation of value that knows that I'm valuable. I'm important. My dad loves me. My mom loves me. I'm fully, I have, I have so much value that this thing that's intersecting me is not going to crumble me because I have this foundational sense of value in myself. Mm -hmm. And all of that, it sounds so basic. All of that begins with just eliminating the biggest potential distraction we have from our intentions in our lives, which is our smartphone. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the science behind habit formation and what it has to do with technology. Yeah. Yeah. I love this because we, we have a theory and it's it's been luckily confirmed that what we're dealing with by and large here, Kimberly, is not an addiction. As many people say, oh, I'm so addicted to my phone. No, you're not addicted to your phone. I promise you, you're not. It doesn't share the same characteristics of addiction. It really shares the same, the characteristics of habit that we are, we have formed habits with the way we use our phones. And the reason why I think that distinction is important is what do you do when you have an addiction? One, you admit your powerlessness. And two, you completely abstain. You get you totally get rid of it. Well, we're not suggesting that here. We're saying that if you actually curate, if you build a habit by effectively curating your environment, building that habit will make an, a difference and it will actually make an instant difference. And you're not going to have cold sweats. I promise. The most of us won't have cold sweats. <clears throat> you're actually going to you're actually going to see an instant difference. So, the science of habit formation is the, the the basis of it is basically that we is that our our environment is stronger than our willpower. So if we're relying on our own will, <clears throat> excuse me, if we're relying on our own willpower, we're going to lose every time if our environment's not curated for that. Mm-hmm. So the habit loop, and this is by James James Clear talks about this in Atomic Atomic Habits. It talks about the habit loop and loop. It begins with a visual cue, and that cue that you see that reminds you of your intentions of the things you want. So let's use an example. If I leave my workout shoes by the by the garage door where I walk out every morning, that's going to be a visual reminder to me. Oh yeah, I want to work out. And so I see that and that that initiates a craving inside of you to do that. Mm-hmm. And then it leads to a response. I'm going to grab my shoes and I'm going to go to the gym later. And then the reward at the end of it, that's where the the real that's where the real power comes in. That reward can come in a bunch of different forms. The real reward is doing the thing, but we need a little breadcrumbs in the interim. So that reward of maybe you tap on your fitness app or you see that you burned a certain number of calories or you check a box or something like that, that reward makes you feel good about yourself. And then what do you do? You go back to the beginning again and that habit loop continues on and on. So the way it, it, it relates to technology is, I bet you anybody listening to this, listening to this podcast has really good intentions, especially for their family. 
and they want closeness and they want intimacy with their spouse and they want intimacy with their kids and they want to be a focused person. But that's difficult. And we need to acknowledge when it comes to technology, it's not as simple as just putting your phone down. In fact, it's it, I liken it to to exercise once again. I can go burn calories for free. Did you know that? If you run on your own and I do push-ups, I can burn calories, I can build muscle for free, but I still belong to a gym because exercising in and of itself, that routine is a difficult thing. And so I'm placing value behind that in, so that I can remove the friction from doing something that's difficult. So with technology, we need a little bit of help. We need a trusted system that helps us make it easy to put down our phones. Because again, mm-hmm. that going back to core relationship, we just need some help to make it easy to put down our phones and that's that's what we've done. And we've built it around that habit loop to where it can become sustainable, where you can see instant results. And again, go back to sustainability so that you can live a lifestyle of it. You want you want this to be a lifestyle. You don't want it just to just be a you know a, a church camp experience, just a, a one good digital detox. You want this to be something yeah. sustainable, not just for you, but again for your family around you as well. Yeah. Well, so that leads us to, to your product. So tell yeah. us about you co-founded RO and you created mm-hmm. this product that helps families you say reclaim time spent on their phones. So tell us more a little bit about how you're helping people do that. Yeah, we've, we've, we had this, we recognize the fact that when our phones are with us, we're, we're going to use them and they are, they are a little bit more powerful than us. And so we have to build up a muscle to put, get them away from us. So co-founder of our, my co-founder, Heath Wilson, he texted me one day and he said, I have this great idea. And it it started around our own failures as fathers when it came to our phones. Heath was obsessed with work. I'd be on, you know, miss my son's first soccer goal looking at a group text, just being just being distracted. It's terrible. It's 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 it's, it's luckily my son says he doesn't remember that moment. So hopefully I don't have a therapy bill to pay someday for that. Mm-hmm. But he so the whole premise is, you know, Heath said when he called me, he said, "Hey, listen, I want to, I want to be better for my family, and I want my family to be better." And so it began with this, you know, thought, "Hey, let's let's get a place to put our phones," because what Aro does, it combines a place for your phone with an with an app that gamifies the experience. So let's put a place for our phones, and that worked a little bit. We had a little, you know, shoebox. You'd put your phones in, you'd drop. But it didn't become sustainable. You drop it in there and sure, anybody can do that. We all have drawers. But the key was, let's make it a gamified experience. How about what if we built a technology when you drop your phone, that it connected to an app that quantified the amount of time you're away from your phone? Because we all we get the Apple screen time report on Sundays that tell us how much time we've been on our phone, which is not actionable. It's usually very discouraging to see it. But we don't really do anything with it. Let's flip it on its head and let's say, hey, let's let's track the amount of time you're away from your phone. And let's do it frictionlessly. When you drop it in, automatically connects, quantifies that time away. And then the the interesting thing when we were beta testing this idea, when people would take their phone out of RO and they would look, they would say, I spent 47 minutes away from my away from my phone with my family. You could do a one tap like a fitness app, like I did family time mm-hmm. or family dinner or read a book. People described one common feeling, and that was pride. They felt proud of themselves for spending some mm-hmm. time away from their phone. And again, like we said, if you feel good about something, you're going to go repeat it again. So we built out the interface when we had a beta, a beta test that was very, very conclusive that said, this solution helps. This solution works. People have been people have tried baskets. They've tried drawers. It's not sustainable. So we've really built out the app experience. So the app will now tell you, hey, you will we'll know, hey, you have, a let's say, a two-hour goal a day of time away from your phone. 
it'll send you a little notification. Hey, you're, you're almost there. Go give another hour today. So it reminds you to take breaks from your phone. It tracks that time your way. It uses a, a bunch of social media's tools that keep us on our phone. It uses a bunch of those tools to get us off our phone streaks and leaderboards and all that kind of stuff. You can have competitions within your house and it's all around, it's all around the simple premise of making it easy to put down your phone, but not just for the sake of being away from your phone, for the sake of engaging with the people around you, helping mm-hmm. us align our actions with our intentions. If I say, I want to spend more time with Gianna, I want to jump on the trampoline with Gianna, then this helps me once I put away my phone, it, it allows me, opens my, opens the margin up for me to go do those things that I really want to do. So it's mm-hmm. not, it's not necessarily just for being away from your phone. That's not motivating. That's not, that's not good. It's so that we can go experience the life that we really want to experience on the other side of that. Yeah. Oh gosh. I love that. I love that there is, it's quantifiable, right? That yeah. There is something specific that you can work towards because you're right. Like the, the basket, the phones in the basket's a good thing, but like if it doesn't have a lid, I see it. I'm going to want to yeah. go grab it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and what's cool left, is, yeah. yeah. When you know you're in a session, this is an interesting thing too. We learned is that when you, you don't want to break your session, I've only had my mm-hmm. phone in there for 27 minutes. I want to have my, I want to be in there for 45 minutes. You don't actually want to, the lid is down so you don't see it. So you probably forget about it. But even when you want to go grab, you're like, well, is this, is this really worth breaking a session right now? Do I really want to, yeah. to break that time? Because it becomes a little bit of bragging rights too, not just for yourself, but for others and and telling people how long you've been away from your phone. It becomes a thing you can kind of pat yourself on the back because people do like to live counterculturally. Yes. People do want to look different. They, like I said, hopefully what we're striving for as a family is, is doing things a little bit differently because when you do things differently, you get more, you get better results. You get different results from what everybody else gets. Yeah. And I have a fitness app and I need to make sure that even if I don't do a workout that the app provided for me, I will plug it into my app so that I get the check mark for the day. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So that in and of itself is a dopamine hit, right? Yeah, like, exactly. It feels satisfying. It, it's rewarding. You know, I was just reading this devotional with my husband and it talked about the fact that the average person literally spends 14 years on our phone at the wow. end of if we were to add it all up. And the, and he posed this question, what else could you be doing in that time? Wow. You know, and so my husband and I have really been having discussions around what could I learn? What could I do? Yeah. What What is the thing? And he's always wanted to play the piano. He's like, do you think I could learn to play the piano if I just put the phone down? I'm like, well, I have other things I'd want you to do if you put the phone <laughs> yeah, down. Yeah, once, you get through, <laughs> once it gets through your list, sure, yeah. <laughs> but we're really reconsidering, and especially for our kids nowadays, there's like, there's so much they could be doing and learning and experiencing, and they're just not if they're on their phones. Yeah. If their phone becomes the thing that they pick up every single time they have a mm. down moment, you know, I have worried about what that's going to do to their attention span, their relationships. You know, I have older teens and I'm Mm -hmm. coaching them on how to talk to adults because they're going into the workplace and they're like, I don't know what to say. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is basic (laughs) stuff. You haven't had to say anything to people. You can just text or you can just email. Mm. And so all around, we're really as a family reconsidering what it means to stay off the phone. And I love the idea that you can that you're replacing it with something else. You're not just yeah. taking it away and saying, oh, this is bad. You're actually saying, what is it that I want to do instead to replace this? And so I think yeah. that's fantastic. Well, and I'm sure your perspective is different. Maybe looking at this summer when you'll have, you know, you have all three of your kids that at home, mm-hmm. I assume. And it would be just a darn shame in September if you look back and thought, gosh, why did I sit on my phone when I could have yeah. been spending time with them? And, and when we Absolutely. realize, I think we all live in a little bit delusionally, assuming we have more time on this earth than we do. 
and maybe more importantly, with the people we love. I mean, by, by the mm-hmm. time our kids are, you probably don't want to hear this, but by the time our kids are 18, we've spent 90% of the time we'll ever spend with them. We'll yeah. ever spend with them. Oh, and, and by the time they're 12, it's 75%. And so I look at that with my son, with Harrison. Okay, I have about three or four more years until 90% of our time is up. I got to make the most of this. Yeah. So if I have 40 days, I think I did the math the other day. I have about, on average, about 40 days left with him in total until he turns 18 and he and he goes off in the world. I could double that time just by not checking texts and emails on nights and weekends. I could double the time I have with them. And so let's and so it's not a dramatization. It, it's it's the most it's the the greatest opportunity we have mm-hmm. in families and as parents, not only for ourselves, but to teach our kids well, to show them you're right, like to send them mm-hmm. out well for them to know how do you how do you connect with people? And kids want it. They really have this deep yeah. craving for it. It's just their conditioning that we've done. And I'll say for myself, like I just conditioned them for a long time that it's okay to to phone snub somebody when you're sitting with them or interrupt yourself in a conversation by looking at your phone. And I think it's just such a cool opportunity we have. And again, it sounds a little silly. I really get it. Like it sounds so, well, just put your phone up. And if you can do it on your own, great. But for those of them who are like me, who need a little more structure, need a little more discipline, who need a little more clarity to remove that friction, then that's why we built it. And And I say it all the time, like when you use RO every single day, it'll change your life. If you mm. lean into the way the system is built, it will absolutely change your life. And it just requires you to use it. A Peloton bike will absolutely change your fitness if you use it, right? Yeah. And so if you lean into the system that they prescribe for you, it will do great things for you. And that's what we're yeah. trying to build as well. And I, and we've seen it. And that's, you know, the stories are so fun to hear from people. We get them all the time. People who are using RO and seeing the life change. And it's a dream come true. That's why we started this is, is yeah. to hear stories of restoration and, and life change. And it's those, those stories are really, really fun. Yeah. So do you have a story that you can share with us? Yeah. One, one of my favorites, one of my favorites is a guy named Sam who lives in Chico, California. So Sam emailed and he said that he had just gotten RO and he had gone downstairs and his eight-year-old son was eating breakfast. And Sam normally would sit there scrolling his phone. And he said, this morning, instead, I just got an RO. I put my phone in RO. And he goes, the next 17 minutes changed my life. Which what happened in 17 minutes to change your life? Well, here's what they talked about. They talked about sharks. And they talked about how things get, get invented. And that's it. That was the 17 minutes. And that changed Sam's life. Because he said, when he took his phone out of RO and tapped time with my son, that he realized, what 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 are these compounding effects that it could create if I did this every single day, mm-hmm. just 17 minutes of focus time. Because at that time, he's eight years old. They're talking about sharks. But when they, he's 18, he's 16, maybe they're talking about girls. Maybe they're talking about like temptations he's having, you yeah. know, drugs or whatever it is, or like people offering, and how do I handle alcohol? Or maybe he's going through a difficult relational problem with a friend. Those those conversations escalate. And if you have that pattern, that habit in your life already mm-hmm. there, it makes it a lot easier. And if you start that early, so that's one of my favorites. My other one is the girl by the name of Shelby in Kansas. I say a girl, a, a mom, she emailed <laughs> and she said that she had put her 11 month old down to bed at night and she came out and she was looking for her phone. So she asked her five-year-old, she goes, honey, have you seen my phone? I'm looking everywhere. She goes, yeah, I put it in the box thingy. <laughs> and she said, well, she's like, well, why did you put it in the box thingy? She said, well, cause you play with me more when it's in the box thingy. <gasps> Wow. How about that? So the girl took mom's phone and hid it in the box. We have another one guy. I love his task list every single night for his kids. They brush their teeth and they, you know, do all the stuff, wash their face, all this stuff. And one of the other thing on their task list is they take mom and dad's phone and put it in RO. 
which I love because it does two things. It tells the child, again, you're more important to me than my phone. Mm -hmm. But then it's building a muscle memory in those kids Mm -hmm. It says, we put our phones away when it's family time. And so what's going to happen with that kid has a phone. It's not going to feel abnormal to them to spend a little bit of time away from their phone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to throw in another question here. Yeah. So this need to be connected. So I think that those of us who have older kids or even not older kids, because I see it happening at a very young age, is that they kids always feel like they need to be available to everybody. And my my kids' biggest thing is fear of missing out, sure. fear of missing that snap, that text, being included. So t- talk to us about how do we address that with our children? Yeah. Because that's the thing I'm trying to, I don't want to say break, but gosh, I, I need them to understand that it's okay to not be accessible all the time. Mm. It's okay to not respond to that text or that snap immediately. How do we talk to our kids about that? I I would say the one thing is the younger, the better. I think that's, that's a, that's a really important thing is the younger, the younger that we, they learn this, the better, because then they'll build that muscle because it is a muscle. Mm-hmm. And so the younger, the better, when they learn it young, it's it's a lot easier than trying to teach them when they're 16, 17 years old. And then the other thing that we tell people is just look at this like you would build a muscle. Mm-hmm. Just look at it really, really small. I would not go out right now and try to, you know, bench 300 pounds. I'd start much lower and I do a little bit. My muscle muscles would get conditioned to it. So I encourage people to find the little spaces where maybe you wouldn't have, you wouldn't need your phone anyway. So here's a, mm-hmm. a silly example. If you're going to go take a shower, you're not going to use your phone. Maybe you would for music, but let's just use, go with the example. That's a good time to put your phone in R, then go get it back out. And then you realize I haven't missed that much. The next thing would be, okay, how about the family dinner time? Let's let's mm-hmm. start there and let me put it there. So I would say it starts in those small things and celebrate the small wins, celebrate mm-hmm. the little bits of time, but just carve out those little spaces where you might not need your phone. And then I believe what happens over time is you start fearing missing out in the present. You start feeling fearing missing out in the now and the here. And that's when you start, you, you'll, your value system will begin to shift over to like, God, it's so great when I'm in face-to-face connection because people crave that. Yeah. We really do crave that face-to-face connection. And this faux connection that we experience with phones just isn't quite hitting it for us. And I think when people experience that, it would be probably in you know a very similar way to eating cotton candy every night for dinner would yeah. just get old. It'd be bad for your teeth. It wouldn't be good for you. But then yeah. you know broccoli and chicken doesn't always taste that good. But you realize over time, hey, this is doing better things for me. So you begin to value mm-hmm. that more. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. I know there was a couple of years ago, my daughter we'd taken her phone away for something we felt very strongly that it should be taken away for, and. I just, it took a few days, but I just saw a change in my daughter's demeanor demeanor, and she just had this sense of peace. And we've just been wanting to replicate that ever since. And it's tricky, like you said, just to take the phone away and not replace it with anything and not have any sort of incentive or or to really point them to the greater good and the greater enjoyment. And so I know that it definitely if we can develop those rhythms and those habits within our children, it, it'll yeah. definitely be for their better for them, for sure. It, it's almost, you said change the demeanor. I don't know if you would agree with this, but I've seen it. You can actually see a physical change in how they look, whether it's, whether it's, you know, light in their eyes or whatever it is, it's a shocking thing. It's, it's mm-hmm. a little bit scary in some ways, but even, you know, we're, 
you know, we're working on taking walks around our neighborhood with no phone, which I understand people that that may not feel safe to you, but if you're in a controlled environment, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll, it'll lighten up. And I'm just always amazed with, with my daughter. I'm always amazed by how she comes to life after time with me when I'm fully focused. It's amazing how she comes to life. And that's because that's, of course, like you're tapping into something that like God has put inside of us. Like our, one of our greatest needs is for connection. I mean, it talks about in the old Testament, there's a, there's a line that Hagar says, she says the guy, she goes, you're the God who sees me. We all have this deep need to be seen, not only mm-hmm. by our creator, but also by those around us just to be able to be seen. And so when you start getting this away, I know it may feel uncomfortable for a little bit of time, but when you get that real connection, we're tapping into who we are as core individuals and as, and as created people. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's so good. All right. Well, you know, is there anything else that you can think of? I mean, you've given us such a great explanation of your product and how it's helped people. Is there anything else that you can think of that makes it stand out from some of the other softwares and products that are available yeah. out there? Uh, you know, I think I I think there are a lot of a lot of, you know, call it parental control apps or app blockers. And that's, you know, that's we, we do think there are a bunch of people doing great work there. And we're really happy that they're out doing that. Ours, mm-hmm. ours is addressing that core relationship more. And it's, you know, to our knowledge, the only one out there that actually creates the physical distance so you can build a better relationship. And then we're the only solution that can tell you how much time you've been away from your phone, which is the key. That's the key number. It's not how much time you've been on your phone, so much yeah. time you've been away from your phone. Yeah. I'll make the distinction, not how much time you've been off your phone, because when your phone is present, even with the screen off, that still equates to usage of your phone. And again, this is not us saying this. This is a, this is a bunch of smart people saying this, because when your phone is there, your phone is calling out to you. It's beckoning you. So you're interacting with your phone just by anticipating something. So we're the only solution out there will tell you how much time you're away from your phone, which is a really powerful thing. Mm-hmm. And again, it evokes that amount of pride so that you'll then create that habit loop that will keep you building a sustainable lifestyle mm-hmm. of not being away from your phone as much as being totally present yes. in the moment with the people who are most important to you. Yes. So it's taking the emphasis off what you're not supposed to be doing and what right. you could be doing, which yeah. if you know most people say, if you want to have success, it is about what you're focusing on what you should be doing because you will continually gravitate toward what you're told not to. Correct. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm like, I I may have heard the example, especially in golf. If they tell Mm -hmm. you don't lift your head up, right. You're supposed to keep your head down. I have to remember my, my my husband and my son are into golf (laughs) as opposed to keep your head down versus don't lift your head up. Right. Our brain is fascinating. And just, what we put our focus on, what we give our time and attention to, that's what we're going to build. And so I love that this product helps us focus on what we can be doing, the healthy, the joyful, and the the things we're investing in versus what we're not doing. Absolutely. So true. So as we wrap up, can you just leave us with some words of encouragement for individuals and families who want to decrease their screen time, improve their relationships, but they're getting pushback from their people, whether it's a spouse or children or even the people that yeah. want our attention and want us to be as accessible yeah. as they'd like. I would say for individuals, and I say this a lot to dads too. And by the way, we moms are leading the charge here, which is great. Moms, moms are the ones; they're the caretakers. They're thinking of the next generation more and more. And we've we we assume that every dad would jump on board, and we get we get a little we get we get a little frustrated with dads sometimes because hey, dad, you know if your wife is bringing this in the home. She's asking you for intimacy. She's asking mm. you to to align with her. And so if any dad's listening right, for any dad's listening right now, like, hey, it, it's the, the the coolest thing you can do, the thing that will build 
the most intimacy in your relationship, the most connection. Will, so you can have the marriage that you want will be you bringing this into your home or setting ground rules around this, not for your wife to use. That's where a lot of guys get it wrong. Don't go do it for it's like you're not buying them a vacuum sweeper for Valentine's Day. That's a bad idea, right? <laughs> so, so, so this this is for you to use, and for you and I, I recommend that to everybody. If you're getting pushback from people, get it for yourself. Use it for yourself. They're going to notice the difference in how you are around them, and it's going to begin. And you're the you're the the expert in this, Kimberly. Mm-hmm. It's going to build a family culture. Mm-hmm. Because culture, as we know, culture are the the kind of taken for granted of some assumptions of how a group works. Yeah. And so if it's just taken for granted, of course we don't have our phone. Of course, when dad talks to me, he's not going to have his phone. Let's just start with dad. Of course, at family dinner, dad's not going to have his phone. Don't nag people. Don't nag. Start with yourself and then let it build from there. Now, if your kids are young, you can implement a system for them where they can have that. But the, the pushback, and I would say for wives as well. Use it for yourselves. Let your let use it for yourself. Don't use it as a nagging tool yet. Both sides, husband and wife, don't nag each other. Have your kids use it, and then they'll see the difference. They will mm-hmm. see the difference. You'll have the opportunity because RO RO does the little subtle things as well. Like when I start a session, it'll send a notification to my family that will tell them that I started an RO session. So that's a gentle invitation for you to join me. Oh, that's wow. just a that's just a oh dad's you know I'm gonna do that too. I'm gonna jump. I'm gonna jump in on that as well. So I would say begin with yourself and celebrate small wins. Mm-hmm. Don't think it's all going to shift tomorrow. If you have a 15-year-old, for example, and they've had their phone with them 24 hours a day for the last five years, it's going to be a hard thing to break. So just start yeah. small. Celebrate a small win. Hey, it's family. Hey, let's let's have a let's have an RO dinner tonight. Instead of saying, everybody put your phones out, maybe say, let's have an RO dinner. So that's what I would say. I would say the earlier you can start, the better. Focus on yourself first and then celebrate very, very small wins and don't expect everything to shift overnight. But over time, it will change everything. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you. All right. Well, I really enjoyed having you today on the podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kimberly. Appreciate it very much. You can find Joey at GoRO.com. He's also on Instagram as GoRO Now. I'll add those links to the show notes. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If so, I'd like to ask a favor. Can you head over to iTunes and leave us a review? Besides sharing this podcast with your friends, leaving a review is one of the most effective ways that you can support us and help get the word out about the incredible resources we have to offer. I'm passionate about helping families thrive and your reviews help families find us. And remember, family culture isn't about perfect, it's about purpose.